Welcome to At The Organ. Hello, I'm Brent Johnson, and welcome to this installment of What I Did Last Summer. Here we play audio recorded as part of making our YouTube video series where I explore pipe organs inside and out. These videos can be found on the Organ Media Foundation's YouTube channel. This podcast features the audio that was recorded as part of one of our videos and maybe a little bit of extra that didn't end up in the video, giving you a little behind-the-scenes look at the production. Today's audio was recorded at Trinity Episcopal Church in Mattoon, Illinois, home to a 1917 Reuter Schwartz organ, the very first Reuter organ ever installed. The Reuter Organ Company started its life in 1917. Mr. Reuter was an employee of the Wicks Organ Company, and Wicks was developing their trademark electric action at the time. Mr. Reuter and some of the other employees didn't think this was the way to go. So instead, they left Wicks, went to Trenton, Illinois, the next town down the road, and set up the Reuter Schwartz Organ Company. How they got from there to Lawrence, Kansas, and what happened to the Schwartz part, uh, you can find out in the audio you're about to hear. Mattoon, Illinois is a town of around 18,000 people, located about two hours north and east of St. Louis, almost a three-hour drive south from Chicago. We were invited to come visit Opus 1. I had seen and played this organ a few years before, but it wasn't in the best shape at the time. As the organ was nearing its 100th birthday, the church had the organ brought back into like-new condition by the Bizarre Organ Company of Champaign, Illinois. For this recording, we were joined by Keith Williams, then head of the service department of Bizarre that oversaw the work, as well as Alan Webern, organist of the church. As the audio starts, we're just getting set up and ready to record. So I will go slide over on this side, and if you'll come sit on the bench. Yep. And if you'll just double check all our angles, make sure we all, I should, it should just be on him. And I'll try to stay this side of the console. And levels are good here. Um, how about closed for now? Cause that just uh, not done any noise you might be getting. So we just kind of yep. put cameras everywhere and hope it right. all comes together in the end. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the, the Henner's ones look good, the ones that you did. Well, thanks. Those were, in, those were done very quickly yep. and hurriedly. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll, do, we'll start with looking towards this camera, but okay. then when we talk, you can just talk to, the, talk to me in the console. Okay. Um, and so uh, we are at Trinity Episcopal Church, Mattoon, Illinois, correct? Make sure I've got everything right. Um, and then this is 1917 Reuter. Opus 1, even though we'll mention later that it's... Technically Opus 2, but that's just kind of a fun uh, tale of the story. And I think that's all I need to know. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hi, I'm Brent Johnson, and today we are at Trinity Episcopal Church in Mattoon, Illinois. With me is Keith Williams. Keith is head of service for Bizarre Organ Company in Champaign. And you take care of this organ. Is that correct, Keith? We are privileged to maintain this and a number of other Reuter organs as well, yes. So uh, tell me about this instrument here. And you well, the turn. Yeah. This is the first installed Reuter organ. It was built in their factory, which was then in Trenton, Illinois. And it is a nine-stop organ with electro-pneumatic action. And very little about it has been changed, except that it originally was eight stops. And we were fortunate to add a four-foot octave to it for what we call screaming brilliance to add, because this, the only other four-foot stop on the organ was a harmonic flute. Very typical specification for 1917. 
a very creditable effort for a first organ from an organ factory. Um, originally built with pneumatic action, which it still retains. It has had its original switching system upgraded with the installation of solid-state equipment. And last year, in observation of the centennial of the organ, we were privileged to add a ninth rank to it. Oh, because yeah, this is, it, Reuter did celebrate their 100th anniversary last year and had a big mm -hmm. feature in the American Organist, if you saw that. And I, I, one thing that's interesting that I didn't know until recently, that it was the Reuter Schwartz Organ Company originally. It was. Mr. Schwartz was the treasurer, and so the first organs were built with the Reuter Schwartz nameplate. And through a series of circumstances, Mr. Reuter and Mr. Schwartz had a falling out. And so Mr. Reuter went back to all of the organs except for this one and took off the Reuter Schwartz nameplate. So that's still the original nameplate. It is the original okay. nameplate. And when we restored a sister organ down the street, we copied it. So there are now two Reuter Schwartz <laughs> nameplates. Uh, but all of the other ones say Reuter because that's what Mr. Reuter wanted when he moved the factory to Lawrence, Kansas, where they still operate today. Well, and this was originally built in Trenton, Illinois. Yes. Not too far away, which is where they were originally located mm -hmm. before they moved to Lawrence. So yes. this was an Illinois Illinois company back then. Well, tell me about the stops we've got. Let's start with the swell. The swell has four ranks, the softest of which is a solitional. And although the action is pneumatic, there's a physical connection between the swell shoe and the shutters so that you're actually using the energy of your feet to open and close the shutters. Right now they're open and this is the Gedeck stop. softer when you close the shutters. Now the there are pipes here in front that the grate is exposed and the swell box is behind it? Yes. Okay. So the swell is enclosed, the grate is not, and then the pedal borden and the extension of the swell gedeckt as a 16-foot Lieblick are arrayed around the rear okay. of the chamber. Alright, so what so else do we have? Violin diapason. And then a little harmonic flute. That's a metal or wooden harmonic flute? Metal. It's a metal open harmonic flute? Yes. Sounds lovely. How does that sound with the eight foot Gedeck thing? Okay, you can add the solution to that. Sixteen and eight. There are sixteen four couplers in case you did want to make it okay, full full effect. And that was that was original to the organ. It was typical to have those manual couplers in nineteen seventeen. Yes, because and and it, it was expected that you would get what little brightness there was by using the octave couplers rather than having stops that were high pitched to begin with. Because right, the eight and four is very clear and pretty, but it's not super brilliant. So mm -hmm. you, yeah, it, it kind of gets buried in there. It's nice to have that option to, to brighten it up. Very much a, a product of the time when we're thinking of orchestral playing and playing of orchestral accompaniments as much or more than organ music. So um, it will play a, a tune very well. It may not lead a congregation with as much brightness as you might have from an organ from an earlier era or a later one. And again, this was an Episcopal church, so there was liturgy to be sung, and mm -hmm. I'm sure it was more just an accompanimental instrument as much as leading a congregation, right. playing repertoire. All right, so let's look at the grates then. What do we have 
Great has a very soft string stop, a dulciana. And again, no no corners cut. That's a full yeah, length open string pipe down to bottom C. And just uh, we were talking about the octave couplers. There are extra pipes in the top octave of the swell for when you put the swell to swell forefoot on. You get that sound, not on the grate, but again, very much in line with what other builders so were doing at the time. The swell with seventy three notes. Yes. The grate is just sixty one. Mm -hmm. right. right. So where the swell had a stopped eight foot flute, the grate has a melodian open wood flute. Dulciana is kind of a typical American organ sound. And then all the power of the organ, at, as it was originally conceived, is very much in this great open diapason. And we had the Nativity of St. John the Baptist on Sunday. That's a big, powerful diapason. It's also pretty thick in tone. Mm -hmm. uh, this organ has some, it's not on the brilliant side. Yeah. It is very warm and, and, and dark. So how can you brighten that up? What do we, you've added the four foot octave right. to this. As originally um, installed, you would probably add the violin diapason to that and maybe couple it at four foot. And maybe the four foot flute. Coupler to the great diapason just makes it louder, not brighter. So those pipes are linen lead, which is what we use to make the new four-foot octave Ex when we added explain it. Explain that, what's linen okay. lead? Uh, it was a very common material. Skinner diapasons are, are very often linen lead. Uh, when you cast the metal, you lay a sheet of linen cloth on the marble table so that when you roll the metal off the casting table, the fabric appears on the surface, not the, the, the imprint of the fabric appears on the surface of it. So it's called linen lead because linen was used as the base onto which you cast the metal. Hopefully there's a little bit of antimony in the lead so it has enough stiffness to stay upright over time. <laughs> what does that do to the sound of the pipes then? Well, the material has some impact on the sound, but it's the scaling and the mouth width and the cut up um, they wanted a very round sound. So it's a bigger lead pipe, yeah. so the, yeah. it's, it's mainly the size and the thickness right. of the metal that gets us there. So um, again, it's a question of you could make a sound like that out of another metal, but we associate that very round, thick sound with diapasons made in this fashion. Let's see. Your company has added the four-foot octave, which yes. helps. This is probably just sort of a little modern, you know, the modern ear appreciates that a little mm -hmm. more, I think. So show us what that sounds like. Again, this we made also out of linen lead in the style of the original and scaled as we understand how an organ of this era would have done. In other words, a new organ might have a four-foot octave which was bigger in the treble than the eight-foot. Here we've kept it in this orchestral style. It's also round. It's not as thick, but it does add something to the top of the eight-foot. 
I would have trouble believing that's a new octave. That sounds like. Thank you. That's something. what we were yes. doing. For. <laughs> makes a big impact when you're leading a congregation. You can use it with like the melodia underneath it instead of the diapason. Or you could even couple it to the swell violin diapason. So that one cup that one stop gives you so much more options just to have that. And of course you, you can couple the swell to the graded sixteenth. Yeah. You can couple the swell to the grade at 16, 8, and 4, so you can move those around as needed, and then the grade has its own uh, four, grade to grade 4 coupler. So you have a lot of options just with these nine stops here. That's great. The swell has, uh, the gedeck in the swell is extended downward to play as a 16 foot Lieblick, a very soft 16 foot, and then there's an independent pedal board. In so we have two stop 16s in this right. chamber as well. Yeah. And it's all just, it's in a one chamber, but we have the swell box behind the grate. As you said, the pedal goes around. Um, so it's all just right here at the organist. Here. It is. And it, it turns the corner really well. I, I was fortunate to attend some of the celebration concerts last year that the church was, um, I was delighted that you had excellent attendance for these concerts mm -hmm. too. We, it's good to see that people still come to organ concerts <laughs> and uh, that uh, the congregation supports that. Um, we have, I see some pistons here. Do these function and what do they do? They are what's called blind pistons and they somewhat function. It's like a piano and a forte and yep. a cancel. And a cancel, that's okay. correct. So that's handy to have if you mm -hmm. need to quickly make it louder. Also has a crescendo pedal that you yes. can that use to... from zero. And typical for many crescendo pedals, it doesn't turn on everything, it turns on most of it. You can still throw the couplers on. Right, you can make it a little extra, so if you had a full organ button, it would be slightly different. Well, it's a very versatile instrument for not being huge. It's really well sized for the room, really well voiced for the room. Um, and for a first attempt from an organ builder, as you said, that's it's really remarkable that here 100 years, the only thing we've done is maybe add one stop, and maybe that would have happened anyway, even if it uh, hadn't sat here. Now, it's worth mentioning, just in the, the lore of the company, this is not the first organ they built. This is the first organ they were able to install. That's correct. Um, the factory in Trenton, Illinois, uh, was destroyed with the original version of this organ within it by a tornado. Now they had built Opus 1, set it up, yeah. got it all ready to install, and the tornado came through. And Fortunately, started. they had already, even as a baby organ company, they had insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so they were able to take the insurance money, rebuild the factory, and rebuild Opus 1. So this is officially Opus 2. And so they were in Trenton, Illinois, for a few years before yes. they moved to Lawrence uh, yeah. later, where they're still in operation today. They so are. Wonderful. Okay, well... Um, while we have things set up, why don't we play some music? That sounds great. The other thing that's interesting about it is with one of the concerts we actually measured, it's not standard HBO pedal board. It's not standard for today. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it, it, then I asked, I, that was one of the questions I asked Rob Paris. He said, well, 
standard it was relative at that time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a standard, but not what we, it's not the standard we use today. <laughs> well, there, there were lots of things that weren't decided until after World War One. one of which was the pitch. Um, and of course, we can thank the manufacturers of organ chimes for that, because they got tired of building chimes at many, many pitches. And so Mr. Deegan called everybody together after World War One and said, let's settle on something. And so they settled on A440, although that hasn't been as universal a standard as we might like it to be. Um, we have um, store organs today built at various pitches, and also to various dimensions, despite the fact that we all attest to the fact that we build organs to the AGO standards there. What is this? It's low, very yeah. I think I attended an AIO conference once where there was a meeting about standardizing pellet instances and things like that. Either uh, that was they agreed to disagree. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's like, no, well, we, we still build 56 and 58 no compass and do all of this. And how we got to the standard in the first place. That's right. Kind of amazing considering. I'm Alan Webner. I'm the organist here at Trinity Episcopal Church, and um, I've been here about six years. Um, 
I oversaw the Centennial uh, concert series last year. We had five concerts for that series. And uh, it has proven very successful and we're hoping to have further concerts this year. So you had a well-attended concert series to celebrate well. the centennial of this instrument? Yes. Most, most of the times it was a packed house. And how is it to play this organ every Sunday? Um, well, I'm also organist at the Methodist Church. Oh, okay. And to come over and adapt from that organ to this one is sometimes a challenge. <laughs> I have about a half hour between the services. Okay. And especially the pedal board. Oh, right. Not being the standard AGO that I'm used to. I, how is it to adjust it to the little differences like that? I mean, is that something that you really have to think about? Yes. Yeah. I have to watch my pedaling. I try to get warmed up before I, before I play. Okay. So, and then also to the touch of the keys are a little different than what I'm used to at the Methodist Church. What's at the Methodist Church? Rogers. Okay. <laughs> um, and, but you find this instrument is suitable for everything you need in a, yes. in a service here? Yes. Uh, I wish there was a trumpet once in a while or an oboe, but uh, I adapt. So. Very good. Um, and, and I guess, uh, as you were saying, the organ's very, the, the sound, the broad sound does well in this room and fills the room. Just if you'd repeat that for me. Yes, it's the organ leads the congregation very well and it, it fills the room. Uh, this alcove in the chancel area provides a natural coral shell. And that corner right there is the best place to stand if you want to sing or speak. Uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, corner to be in. And this is a false ceiling. There's another ceiling above this. It was a Unitarian church built in 1870 and the Episcopalians bought it uh, around 1899 and came in, came in and constructed this ceiling so you see the Unitarian arch in the attic behind this one so it's, it's sort of interesting to go up there and look at all that and I guess yeah because it was it open I guess all or this yes or this arch so that would have killed some of the sound when they had that, so. Huh. All right, well, thank you very much. Surely. Can you explain what you saw about the trumpet? Yes. Not very from the original. Yes. I'm not sure what, uh, the, the, the organ in West West, the original tremolo, but um, the one that was here was, was not, was it even here? Was there a tremolo? Yes. We doing it. So we, we installed a traditional style dramatic tremolo, which is, I don't think I demonstrated, but I'd be happy to do that if you'd like to hear it. A trembling is a device which, because an organ pipe is a steady state tone, um, because if it's not, not only the pitch of the timbre can change uh, as well as the volume, if you want to have a single sound undulate, then you need to vibrate the wind system. So here's an example of a steady state chord.
So the original, I don't know about the original blower for this, but the original blower over in Westfield was a Zephyr. Oh. So it's the oldest Sean's blower I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was one of the noisiest blowers I've ever seen, too, by that point. So I know it was a new locker, but this was put in before I encountered the organ here. So, so we see the swell box, and then we have. This is the this is the, the four foot octave chest. chest that's you go up the ladder, you can, you can see the, the gray and the fabric, the original fabric still on the edges of the swell shows. Now that's secure. Okay. That's 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 okay to lean and stand on. It's tied into the right. chest frame. So the original grate is there, and then our four foot octave is right next to it on a new chest. And yeah, those look like old pipes. I have to say, our doors hinged. You might need to, you need, you need to pry that door open. Uh, yeah, I do. But, oh, I got it. Yeah, I got it. I have it. I don't have replacement batteries for my light. So inside the very dark swell, we have our connect. It keeps going all the way to this back right, wall. Right. So without any of this addition, the oh. staged area, it's, it was just one big square room. Then it was the high school room for a little while before, really? they, came, before they built a brand new high school next door. And then this became the Episcopal. Uh, the Episcopal's had church here a little while before they had an organ. Okay. Because there's a letter that talks about Mr. So-and-so from the Episcopals has prepared a chamber. Okay. And that's why this chamber, has, you can tell where they've cut floor out right. of the two-story. <laughs> and there's a picture before the organ went in. Yes, you showed me that. Yeah. Uh, and say, well, thank you, Keith, for showing us this wonderful instrument, demonstrating a little bit. Uh, it's great to see an organ like this being maintained and kept up and uh, playing for 100 years. We hope it'll play for 100 more here. Absolutely. Uh, remember, if you want to hear streaming, let me say that again. Remember, if you want classical organ music 24 hours a day, you can visit our three streaming stations, OrganLive.com, Positively Baroque, and The Organ Experience. Visit Organ.media for all of our projects and to support this project, we, and to support this video project. Uh, I want to see anything else. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to get updates. We're going to go visit another very similar instrument next week. Uh, so just click the subscribe button. And if you enjoyed the video, click the thumbs up button. We appreciate that. I'm Brent Johnson. I'll see you next time. So there we are. That was our morning with Reuter Schwartz Opus 1. As always, to see the video we made that day, head to attheorgan.com where it's embedded in the post for this episode. My thanks to Keith Williams, Alan Webern, and also to Ryan Hill for his help in getting us all together that day. Zach Simon helped with production. Thank you for listening today, and thank you as ever to all our many supporters and subscribers who make it possible for us to do what we do, even during a pandemic. If you want to help us continue to make more podcasts and videos, you can do two things. One, you can make a financial contribution to the Organ Media Foundation by going to organ.media and clicking on support. Second, please help us spread the word about the foundation. Tell your friends online or in person about At The Organ, Organ Live, Positively Baroque, The Organ Experience, or our YouTube channels. You can find links to all of them at organ.media. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions, you can leave a comment directly on the post for this show at attheorgan.com, or you can email us at info at attheorgan.com. That's it for now. I'm Brent Johnson. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you here next time at The Organ. You've been listening to At The Organ. We'd love to hear your comments about the show. Send your email to info at attheorgan.com, or just go to our website where you can comment on the show. There you can also hear this week's show again or find back episodes. The address is attheorgan.com.
Add the Organ is a production of the Organ Media Foundation. For more information about supporting the Foundation, go to organmedia.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll meet you here next week at the Organ.